0: So purchasing system, we said, it's usually about the receipt of goods into the organization. Sales system has to do with the sale of goods within the organization. Payroll system has to do with the HR, human resource management of the organization. So with this one, we look at how new employees are recruited. Then we move on to determination of their wages and salary as well as deductions that are necessary to be made. Then we look at the packages that are available for people if they leave the organization or they go on pension. So how many new employees are recruited? Who approves their uh, recruitment? What qualification are they supposed to have? What wages and salaries do we give to them? Who determines their salary? What deduction are they supposed to be made? And then how is our pension supposed to be done? This is one of the serious areas that auditors look out for when it comes to the organization because there could be a lot of ghost names in the system and people are receiving the money without our knowledge. So, libbers. <coughs> leave So when people leave the company or when people go on pension, do we have any package for them? That's all in the system within the organization. Right, so let's look at the objectives of a good payroll system. Objective of a good payroll system. One, employees are hired only as necessary. Employees are hired only as necessary. Employees are hired only as necessary. Very important. Meaning, it goes back to the same word we're talking about authorization. Do we need the people we are bringing on board? If do we need them? Like, do we need the experts? We have employed six people right now. Do we really need their servants or the six people? So hiring them as and when necessary. Two employees are paid correct rates. Employees are paid correct rates. Employees are paid correct rates. Very important. So who determines their wages and salary? Remember. The wages and salaries of employees will depend on a lot of factors. What are some of the factors that determines the rates we pay to employees? uh, Qualification primarily? Hours of work. Okay, hours of work. What else? Yes. Experience matter. Okay, the department they are in. Okay, department, Why is that a fact how can that be a factor? It's like your department will tell the amount of work we are doing. That. Good, good, good. So that will be a factor. Then what else? So qualification, hours of work, your experience, the department. Then what else? Okay, so certainly that these are some of the factors that determines on the second thing. So are people paid accurately? So, for instance, if in our company we have, the board of directors has said you should employ some three people. And if you look at their names, their names are similar to the board of directors' name Or to the board chairman's name. So, it's like family tree entertainment. In that case, and you see their qualification. They are having some degree. It's not even in anything that about the business. They have not worked anywhere before. But they are being put at big, big places, and they said you should pay them about $20,000 every month. When? They are not supposed to be paid that, meaning that there is what? Some fraud and error somewhere, meaning management integrity is going to be in doubt here. You're going to be doubting their integrity. So that's the second thing. Employees are paid accurate rates. Third, hours worked are accurately recorded. Hours worked are accurately recorded. This is very important because if people must come to work and start working 8.30 and close at 5 p.m. Then we've got to make sure that there is a clock card. Some companies that are developed, they have clock card. So when you come, you slot in the clock card, you enter the company. If you are going to break, you slot it in. You go for a break, when you come back, you slot it in. Other companies, you just write your name when they come. Which one do you do in your company? You write your name. You write your name, and then the time. Then you sign. Then when you are going back home, you write, you write you the time. So if you go on break there, that way it doesn't count. Okay, but the, the reasonably thing, what's your break time? We don't have break. You don't have break? Wow. So... I went in the Oh, okay. So how do you eat? You let someone sit in your please. Oh, okay. Okay, so you rotate. Yeah. So you. Le- so how long on the average? Did have they as the hospital put something in place that like you can do that rotation or you can go and eat for some number of hours? You don't have a break, so oh, okay. it's like you are sneaking out to do it. So it's sneaking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Charlie, this internal controller control. It is legal. Oh, but sh- why shouldn't they have break? Six hours. Oh okay, 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 okay. So they assume that when did did the other So okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. All right, I get it. So you are sneaking to go and eat and come back. That's it. So we must make sure that the time are accurately what recorded because if not, people will be paid for what that they are not what doing. One of the ways to that time recording is also very important is to really supervise people because. Sometimes, most of the time, people are on social media, chilling, doing unnecessary things when they are supposed to be working. That is why it is for this purpose that many companies cut their access to social media, YouTube and some websites on their desktops. So you will be sitting behind the desktop, but when you open those sites, it won't come. If you take your phone to CCTV camera, it will catch you. So it is to control us, the time that people are using to work. Next point. Overtime is authorized. Overtime is authorized. You cannot just get up and say, today we work for overtime, four hours. Who authorized it? So overtime has to be authorized for the employees. Was it necessary for the overtime to be uh, to be requested? Who authorized the overtime? What rate are we paying for that overtime? All of these things are important if we are going to have an effective wages and salaries system or a payroll system in place. Next point: net pay and deductions are accurately really calculated. Net pay and deductions are accurately really calculated. Net pay and deductions are accurately calculated. But like what we have here, the various deductions, various contribution they must make if they go to SNET or they pay for SNET, they, they must pay for SNET. Now, is everybody compulsory? Then maybe you have a pension in the company; they must contribute to the pension, any provident fund, any deductions. Everything is done accurately. We must make sure that that is done well. Then the last thing I would add is that um, employees leaving are promptly removed from the wage system. Employees leaving are promptly relieved or removed, sorry, from the wage system. Promptly removed from the wage system. Okay. So that is what you have to understand about the payroll system. So the people who are leaving, make sure their name is no more in the system. Because if people leave, they are on pension and their name is still in the system, then every month we will be calculating their wages and will be sending them their money. But whether they are the people who to receive their money or it goes into another account, That is also a secondary matter. So as auditors, when we come, we have to identify who are the employees of the company? What qualification do they have? Are they being paid the rates they are supposed to pay? Are they being monitored for their work done? (coughs) Are various net pays calculated to them done well? What is their overtime? What is the rate of the overtime? What pension do we have for the leavers? And even when someone leaves the organization, Is the system structured in such a way that that person's name is automatically removed from the wage system? These are the questions we ask ourselves as auditors when we come and we are looking at what? The payroll system of the organization. Three more to go and we will conclude on this. We will end on this today. Next one is the inventory system. inventory system. Another crucial system for the organization. Three stages. One, we receive goods. Two, we store the goods. And then three, goods are dispatched. to various points that has to be dispatched to. So, what does it mean here? This inventory system looks at how we receive goods within our organization. Now, the receipt of goods, we have to pre-inform the store department that goods, these goods are coming and they should expect. So, normally this comes from the other notes for the goods to be received. So a copy of the order notes from the sales cycle, sorry, from the purchasing cycle, will be sent to the store department so that when they receive the goods, they will record it in what is called the goods received notes. Now, the goods received notes will now be compared with what? The other notes. To find out whether the inventories received are actually the inventory we are supposed to receive. That's the first level. Then, the goods have to be stored. Where we store our goods is critical because we must store goods in a place where the goods are not damaged. We must store goods in a place where it is not subject to being stolen or theft. So security is very important. So one way in making sure that security is important and goods are properly stored is where the fact that they have to be what? CCTV cameras in place. There has to be regular inventory counts. All of these things will prevent us from all Storage of the goods. Then also, the fact that the goods are stored under the right condition. Condition here, we are talking about temperature. So if, for instance, the goods we are dealing with has to be stored under 15 degrees Celsius or negative 15 degrees Celsius, the storehouse must be provided for that condition <coughs> for the goods. So that is what we mean by storage of the goods. So we receive the goods, recording the goods received notes, compare it with the goods, other note. We store the goods in a place where it is not going to be damaged, it's not going to be stolen, or there will be theft. To make sure that it's not there, there has to be CCTV camera in the store department, there has to be a regular... Um, counts inventory counts then another thing that prevents storage is uh control of access to the store control of access to the store it is not everybody that will hold the key to the store where the goods are because if everybody has a key then everybody can go there so there has to be an authorized person who has access to the store who can open the store who can close the store that is the idea about store of goods from there, in our inventory cycle, we need to look at the dispatch of goods. There are about two ways that goods could be dispatched from the store. The first way is through the sales of the goods, and the second way is dispatch to the production department. So this is where we are dealing with raw material. So goods can be dispatched as part of the sales, or goods can be dispatched as part of the production department. So if the production department brings a material requisition note, so the next part here will be based on material requisition notes. But this one will be based on the sales order. So if the material requisition note is received from the production department to the store department, then goods will be dispatched. When a sales order is received from the sales department, then this part will be made for the goods. So these are what you have to understand when we talk about the inventory system. So putting all these in perspective, let's look at the objectives of the inventory system. So objectives. What do you think could be some of the objectives here based on the explanation and understanding you have? What do you think should be done to ensure that there is good inventory control system in place? Uh, the goods should be stored under uh, right conditions to avoid damage. To avoid damage. Are you getting it? Yeah, that is also good. What else? Should we take into consideration how do we prevent obsolete of goods in the inventory, in the store? Because that is part of what? An effective inventory system. Of, uh, how do we prevent obsolences of uh, inventory? Where the inventory is expired become outdated. How do we do that? How do we prevent that? Maybe by adopting a first-in, first-out approach. I hope you get in the idea. So that goods don't remain in the store for a long time. So as and when it comes, so before, when we are dispatching, either sales or production department, we dispatch what came first, out. So it remains what? Obsolete of inventory. So that's also something we can see. So let's put down some points on that. One, goods cannot be misappropriated or stolen. Goods cannot be misappropriated or stolen. Goods cannot be misappropriated or stolen. That's the first thing. That's what I spoke about in terms of the security. Make sure there is CCTV camera. There is control to the place. There is regular accounts. So that's the first thing. Two. Goods cannot be damaged. Goods cannot be damaged. We spoke about that also. It has to be stored in a suitable condition. Three, obsolete or slow-moving items can be identified. Obsolete or slow-moving items can be identified. So the system should be such a way that we can say, oh, these inventories are not going crowd. How do we ensure that? We ensure that through the regular ones counting of inventory, so that we stop buying those things and we stop bringing them in. Next one, goods are only dispatched with approval. Very important. Goods are only dispatched with approval. So, whether we are dispatching to the customer, or we are dispatching to the production department, they all must be approved. Then the last thing I will add is, inventory records are complete and accurate inventory records are complete and accurate inventory records are complete and accurate so that is what you have to understand about inventory so you the account the auditor when you come to the company when you are assessing inventories you have to make sure all of these things are in place. When you are assessing the inventory system, that is why the auditor attends the inventory counts to find out if really things are stored well, if really the goods stored are actually what we are supposed to there. if really there is no test, there is no obsolete, there is no devaluation of inventory. Because one of the assertions is valuation. That's one of the assertions. So if goods are obsolete, obsolete there, meaning they can't be sold at the price that we expect to sell them. So their value is going to what? False. There's going to be impairment here. But the company may not do impairment for those obsolete inventories. They may still be carrying them at what? They are cost. So you as the auditor, you must attend that inventory count and find out if there are some obsolete inventories, do the impairment, and then if the company hasn't done it, you tell them they should know it and if they don't know do it in this material, then they have to include it in your auditorship report. That is very important about that. The last but one, the cash cycle. The cash cycle. Or the cash system. Let me go. Is that no five? Cash system. This is the lifeblood literally of the company. Peter can't say the lifeblood of the company is the employees, but cash is also a lifeblood. Three stages we go through. We need to identify how cash is received. We need to identify how a company holds cash or keep cash. Then we need to identify when payments are made for cash. So this is the cash system. So when it comes to the cash system, the first thing we ask ourselves is, what is the mode of receipt of the cash for the company? Does the company receive physical cash, or the company receive checks? Remember, this is for payment or for, from from the sales received from the sales of the goods. So, does it receive physical cash? Does it receive check? Who even goes for the for those money? So, the various people, or if you want, employees who act as recipients. Very important. Who, and are the cash received properly recorded? We need to consider all that as an organization. These are the things about receive of the cash. Whether we are receiving physical cash, we are receiving checks, the employees who act as recipients, then the idea about what, um, how it is being recorded. Then holding cash. This has to do with who takes the money to the bank, whether we take it to the bank or if we have a cash vote in the company, who keeps the key? So security of the vote is very important. Who has access to the key or to the vote? Who can authorize payments out of the vote? Very important. So how we hold cash, how we receive cash. Who are the signatories? To the bank account of the company. All of these things come under the second scenario. Then the third one. <coughs> when we are making payments for goods and services, what are the various ways that payment is supposed to be? Do we pay people with physical cash? Do we give people checks? Who authorizes the check? So authorization of checks. Who authorizes the payment? A good cash system must look at the payment side also by answering these questions. Do we give physical cash? Do we give checks? Who authorizes the check? In other words, who signs on the check before the check will be paid? Then who authorizes those payments in, in relation to that? Who says that the company is due to pay for those things. An effective cash system should have these things in place. But not only that, in doing all these things, there is one key thing about recording. I I, I brought recording recording here, whether they are being recorded. The same thing happens here, We must do recording here. The same thing happens here, We must do recording. So let's put the pieces together And let's look at the objectives of a good cash system. Objectives of a good cash system. One, all cash received is recorded accurately. All cash received is recorded accurately all cash received is recorded accordingly i have mentioned that too cash is held securely cash is held securely cash is held securely and i've already mentioned that who has access to the cash vote who keeps the key what is the security do we have cctv camera there can we see people when they go there to put their cash down and when they go there to go and take cash out Very important. Three. Cash is banked properly and intact. Intact, Sorry. Cash is banked properly. No, promptly rather. Cash is banked promptly and intact. Cash is banked properly and intact. So the people who receive the cash, how long do they go and deposit the cash in the bank? And do they receive, is the system in such a way that we know how much they receive and we know how much they put in the bank? That is the idea. So the promptness of it as well as the impact, how much is it? So if somebody receives $20,000, but the person goes to deposit $15,000, meaning it's not intact, how do we make sure that we avoid, we identify all of these things? A good cash system has that covered. Next one. Only authorized payments can be made. Only authorized payments can be made. Only authorized payments can be made. I've already spoken about that. Then the last thing is that all payments are accurately recorded. All payments are accurately recorded. Okay, so that is the idea about the cash system of a company. The last one, non-current assets. Non-current assets. Six. area the auditor looks at. So when it comes to the non-current asset system, these are the words it follows. How assets are acquired, how assets are depreciated, and how assets are disposed. How assets are acquired, how assets are depreciated, our assets are disposed. What do we mean by acquired? This has to do with whether all assets acquired are authorized, whether assets acquired are leased or should be leased or rights purchase or direct purchase. Whether who authorizes the acquisition of assets, what mode of acquisition do we use, lease or direct purchases, what should be included in the initial cost of acquired assets, very important. How should the assets be classified in the books, very important. All of those things has to do with the acquisition of assets so who authorizes the acquisition what mode of finance are we using is it lease assets or direct purchase what should constitute the initial cost of the assets and how should the assets be classified in our books very important one thing we must understand is that assets are bought with approval from the board sometimes mostly sometimes hence all assets bought must be in the management minutes that the secretary keeps. So, if at a board meeting they agree to buy an asset, a car, at a cost of $125,000, that is the cost of the car they want to buy. However, they want to lease the asset. If you, the auditor comes, and you realize that in the management minutes they said they will buy a car for one to five dollars they will lease it. But you came into the books and you realised that the actual thing that has been recorded was that yes a one two five has no yes a car has been bought it has been leased but the figure there is rather one hundred and forty five thousand. What does this tell you? This is inconsistency. But what does it tell you? What will it inform you? In the management minutes they said they will buy a car for one two five. Yes, they've leased the car. That is the one they agreed in a minute. But you, the auditor, when you came in the books, you saw one for the 5,000. What does it tell you? Uh, there has been fraud. Someone has taken the excess. Okay, why would you conclude that there is a fraud straight up like that? What if it is an error? I Are you getting it? So you can say there is a fraud straight up, but you can say there is what? A material misstatement here. So meaning you were examining further before you can conclude if it was a fraud or it was just an error. So, in addition to all of these things, acquisition of assets also has to do with how the records are being kept, the amounts, whether they are accurate, in relation to the acquisition of assets. Then all assets acquired, unless otherwise not for business purposes, must be depreciated. Because remember, from the accounting class, or from the financial reporting class, there are two purposes of non-current assets. Either it is owner-occupied or what? Non-owner-occupied. If it is owner-occupied, then we have to carry it according to IAS 16 and so depreciate the asset. If it is non-owner-occupied, we have to carry it according to IAS 40 and according to IFRS 13, Fair Value Measurement. That is the idea. (coughs) So, if it is owner-occupied, then we have to depreciate it. What will be the method of depreciation? It has to be determined. What should be the economic useful life of the assets? So the estimate, <coughs> estimated economic useful life of assets, it has to be determined on the stats. So we must know how the depreciation is done, the method of depreciation that is used, the economic useful life of the assets. Then the last thing is disposal. Disposal here, we are talking about what are the modes of disposal. Who authorizes disposal? What are the policies surrounding disposal of assets? That is, who can buy the assets? What are we supposed to do <coughs> with the cash from disposal of assets? All of these things could be included in the non-current asset cycle or non-current asset system. So putting these together, let's find out some of the objectives about it. So one, only capital expenditure is recognized as an asset. Only capital expenditure is recognized as an asset. Only capital expenditure is recognized as an asset. That's the first step because you remember from IAS 16, IAS 40, we only capitalize what? Capital expenditure. Now, because we are dealing with non-current assets here, issues about IAS 38 is here, development cost is also there. So when we are acquiring or undertaking research and development, what we capitalize is part of what? This acquisition thing. Next point. Assets are adequately maintained and insured. Assets are adequately maintained and insured. Assets are adequately maintained. maintained and insured. Next one. All assets except land are depreciated (coughs) All assets except land are depreciated All assets except land are depreciated at appropriate rates over their useful life. All assets except land are depreciated at appropriate rates over their useful life. (coughs) Then the last one. Documents Documents of title are safely kept. Documents of title are safely kept. Documents of title are safely kept. These are what you have to understand about non-current assets and these are what you have to understand about the accounting system. This is fused into the internal controls. Note that the non-current assets system works with other systems like the purchasing system and also the sales system because I mentioned authorization which is purchases of assets. So, purchases of inventory, purchases of assets all of those things fuse into this stage in relation to that. Any question about what we've done? Okay.